Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is Pentecost, sometimes called the birthday of the church, but that's not quite right. Or even sometimes the birthday of the New Testament church, which also not quite right, because the church has been there since the Garden of Eden. Be correct to say we're celebrating the birth of the church post-resurrection would be precise. What we want to look at in particular is how Jesus cares for and builds his church through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. First, we'll look at how the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus for the church. Jesus lived, he died, he rose again and ascended, and all the while, his plan always was to do all this for his church, for us, that we might have the forgiveness of sins, that we might have new life, that he might, as we've seen throughout the Easter season, that he might send us the Holy Spirit so that we could be his people, his holy church here on earth. Now, it's interesting, and I confess, even after looking at this topic for many years, I still don't fully understand the difference between how the Holy Spirit works in the Old Testament versus the New. We can at least say that the Holy Spirit now works in the fullness of grace and power, and we have that now. And on the day of Pentecost, what Jesus is doing, we heard from the Tower of Babel, Jesus is reversing the Tower of Babel. It's being undone. Instead of the nations being divided and scattered, now the nations are gathered in, but they're not gathered in under one nation. They're gathered into the kingdom, the empire of the church. In fact, Pentecost is the feast of the harvest, the feast of the ingathering. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's gathering in a holy people to himself to be a part of his church. So that now, Christians, we're not united because we speak one language because we all speak English or that we all speak Hebrew or Greek or something. But we're all united in the power of the gospel. It is the gospel of Christ's death and resurrection for us and our salvation that is what we're united in. That's what the church is united in and around. That's why I'll look at this more in a second. That's why our confessions say that you find the church where the word of God is purely preached and the sacraments are rightly administered. Because what draws us all here together is not our various backgrounds. It's not even that we happen to speak the same language. It's not anything from our past, our history, our ethnicities. What gathers us together is the Holy Spirit through the gospel. That's what Pentecost shows us fully. The Holy Spirit, too... Related to all of this, is called the Lord and giver of life. We just confess that. And that's true both for temporal life and spiritual life. Right? Remember, the very first thing we see in Genesis is the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. It is the Holy Spirit that gives life to everything. And in particular, in the church, we talk about how the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual life. That apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, we are dead in trespasses and sins. That is us apart from the work of the Holy Spirit working through the word and sacraments. And so what sustains the church, big C, that is all Christians, whoever have or ever will believe in Christ, sometimes we call it the hidden or invisible church, what sustains the church 
It's the Holy Spirit. Working through God's appointed means. What is it that sustains a church, a local church body? It is the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, working through the appointed means. That does not mean, of course, that churches don't, local churches don't go through periods of ups and downs, period of more people, less people. It does mean, though, the Holy Spirit is still present if you have the word being preached and the sacraments rightly administered. The Holy Spirit is present, working in those things for the good of the church. That's what the Holy Spirit is constantly doing. So it is the Holy Spirit that works through the Word and the Holy Sacraments. These are God's appointed means, the very means that flow from Jesus' crucified side. The Holy Spirit is always present with the Word. So if you have the Word of God... And the sacraments are what? The word of God plus some kind of physical object, whether water or bread and wine. If you have those things, if you have the word of God, then you can be confident that the Holy Spirit is actually present, doing his work in and among you. That the Holy Spirit has not left you if you have God's holy word and sacraments. Which is why it's so dangerous to neglect word and sacraments. To cut yourself off from word and sacraments is to cut yourself off from the work of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit works through word and sacrament, and you need the Holy Spirit, then you need God's holy words and his holy sacraments in your life. Of course, there's a massive difference between someone who's, you know, if you remember over, if you've ever read, and I encourage you to if you haven't, about what happened to, for example, even the Lutherans in Soviet Russia, where they were cut off from word and sacrament ministry in a church. All the pastors were either forced out of the country or killed. And they had no one to bring them the word. But they still had their Bibles. They still had the word of God to sustain them. They didn't cut themselves off from the church. They were cut off with circumstances beyond their control. And yet, what did they do? They clung to the words. And they prayed for God to provide them someone to give them word and sacrament ministry. And eventually, after many years, God did do that. And yet the Holy Spirit was still at work through that very word that they read, they memorized, they sang as they waited. That's the primary way that the Holy Spirit works in the church. But there's another secondary way that the Holy Spirit works that is important as well. The Holy Spirit works through you, his saints. As you pray for one another... As you seek to build up one another, that is, edify one another with God's holy word. As you use your gifts and abilities in this church body, then the Holy Spirit is working through those to bless and build up this church. The Holy Spirit is working through you. The Holy Spirit works through you as you go out into this community. And as you evangelize. As you invite people to church. The Holy Spirit is working in and through you. So those things happen. <clears throat> also, it's, it seems like sometimes a small thing, but when you show up in church, the Holy Spirit uses your very presence to encourage others. Your very presence in this place on Sunday morning encourages others to keep coming, and it encourages others that you're there with them in the midst of life and this battle. 
It's very interesting. Luther says that a pastor can work for years, faithfully preaching and teaching, and then overnight, the devil can sneak in and bring it all to nothing. What's one of the ways that can be stopped? It is through the congregation knowing their Bibles, their confessions, knowing right and true and solid doctrine, so they are confessing the truth so that they can examine the scripture and hold their pastors accountable. So it can be like the noble Bereans who searched the scripture to see if things Paul taught were true or not. So it is through knowing the words, through knowing sound doctrine, sound teaching, that you all, as a congregation also, make sure that your pastors are speaking and teaching the truth. Now, behind all of this is Jesus sent the Spirit because Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords, as the shepherd king, rules and governs his church through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is always present with his church through the work of the Spirit. It is Jesus who rules over his church. It is Jesus who governs his church. It is Jesus who defends his church. It is Jesus who provides for his church. It is our gracious Lord who builds up church. In a moment, we'll have confirmation of five students, and they're confessing that what was given to them in their baptism, that they still believe that, and they want to make a public confession, a public profession of that faith. And that, too, is evidence of the Holy Spirit still working in his church, still building his church. Every time you see a baptism, we have evidence that Christ is still building up his church. Every time you receive the Holy Supper, you have evidence that Christ is still there, providing for, building up his church. And so, too, it's through the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus working through his Holy Spirit, that he provides under shepherds, under himself as the good shepherds. The Holy Spirit provides what the church needs. So even right, we have Paul saying that He planted and others watered, but it's God who gave the increase. That behind all the actions of sinful men in the office of the ministry is the Holy Spirit working through that to do what? Whatever the Lord chooses to do with his holy words. So Jesus, the shepherd king, through the work of the Holy Spirit, working through word and sacraments, is ruling, governing, defending, sustaining, building up his precious church even the very local congregation. If you have word and sacraments, you can be guaranteed, you can have the promise that Christ is at work among you with his spirits. Now what does all this do for the church? I think Christ gives us a good summary of that in John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then at the end of this teaching session, which is all the way at the end of John 16, he says, I have told you this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have tribulation, or many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So through all of this, through the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is giving you peace, peace with God, 
Because you can stand before God on Judgment Day with a conscience filled with peace because you know that your sins are forgiven, that you have His Holy Spirit. But also, he says, you can have peace in this world. You can have peace here and now, no matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstance is. I have a, a brother, pastor, friend, and mentor who likes to say, there's never really a sky is falling moment for the church or for a church. Why? Because if Jesus is the shepherd king over his church, if he is ruling and governing, defending, providing, building, and sustaining his church, the work of the Holy Spirit, then that means Jesus is in control. So there never has to be a moment where the church yells, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, because they have the one who's in charge of the sky, who's over all things. So in Psalm 46, which is about the church, we hear, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Even if the mountains all around you here were falling into the sea, Jesus says you don't have to be afraid because he is still ruling in his church. He is still over his church. He's still providing for his church. The promise of our Lord is that he has done these things already for you, for his church. He is doing them right now for you, for his church. And he will continue to do it for you, for his church. And that brings us peace. It brings us calm. We know the end of the story. We know how it all works out. Even if the middle of the story looks messy, even if it looks confusing, even if it looks like upheaval and nothing's going the way we thought it should, Jesus says, I leave you my peace. Peace for your troubled soul. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why? He says he's overcome the world. All the things you worry and fret about in your individual lives, in the life of the church, Jesus is already taking care of all of that. It's all in his hands. And so you can constantly, no matter what's going on, be at peace. Not because in of yourself you somehow like worked up the strength to have peace, but because you're clinging to Jesus who is peace itself and who sends you his Holy Spirit to bring you peace. So this morning, he's here in his word and sacraments, giving you the forgiveness of sins. Yes, we hear that often. We heard it a moment ago. And through these gifts that we also produce is peace. Peace with God, peace with one another. Peace in the midst of trial and sorrow and pain and suffering. Peace in the midst of upheaval. Trust him for that. Cling to him for that. Know that he does all things out of his great love and mercy and kindness for you. Amen. The peace of God passes on your sin and guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.